You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, It's a solo episode today. I wanted to talk to you about um, basically behind the scenes of the last launch we did because when I used to look at people's launches, I still now I do this a bit, people talk about like the revenue they made and although I believe revenue is really, really important because even though people talk about that saying, you know, the profit is sanity, turnover is vanity or whatever. I never really remember the phrase, but basically people like to say that revenue isn't important. It's really important because without revenue, you don't have any profit at all. And therefore it's more important than people like to make out it is. But I still think it's really important to be transparent about launches. And I know when I used to look at launches, I used to want to know all the behind the scenes, like, well, what did it take to get you this? And how much money did you actually get in your pocket? How much did it cost to do it? And all of these kind of things. And no one ever explained it. It was like the secretive world of behind the scenes of launches. And so I always knew that when I did um, big launches, I wanted to make sure that people saw what it took to get there and what we learned from them, because then they can use that information in their own launches. So I did a presentation a while back, um, a behind the scenes of our 2.5 million pounds or 3.4 million dollar um, affiliate launch, depending on where you're listening from. And so I thought what I'd do is I'd talk you through the numbers and what we learned and what happened, all of those kind of things. So if you are somebody that doesn't like just downloads of loads of numbers, you might not like this episode because I'm going to just tell you what happened and tell you what we did. And a lot of it's number-based because I believe metrics are really important in launches and knowing what your metrics are help you for the next launch. So I will be talking about all of that. I'm going to be very honest and transparent about what happened. So yeah, hopefully for some of you, it will be right up your street. So let's get started. First of all, I want to tell you about the team because I didn't do this on my own. (laughs) So this launch happened in June of 2021 uh, during a pandemic. And we had done another launch in six months before that, seven months before that, in October 2020. And that was our first affiliate launch. And that launch did really well. We we made 1.7 million in revenue, um, 2.3 or $4 million. But we did that on our own. It was just me and my operations manager that did that launch. And two months before that, I didn't have an operations manager. Two or three months before that, I was just on my own. So uh, you know, like last June, I was on my own. Like there was nobody else helping me with launches. I'd done lots of launches on my own successfully. And then I decided to take on Zoe, who's my operations manager, who lots of you know. And we did a 1.7 million launch. And then since that time, we took on, we grew. Like we used that money to grow the business, to grow a team, so that for the next launch, which was in June 2021, um, we had a full team of people. So I'm going to tell you about the people that helped in the launch because I didn't do it on my own. And I don't want you to think I did. The first person was my sister Marie. She was doing all the graphics for it was an affiliate launch. So obviously you have to give graphics to people, like pictures to people to use. So she was dealing with all of that and the social media. I had a Facebook ads manager, Danny. Dawny Baxter was our community manager. She was helping in the big groups that we had. 
Um, Zoe kind of headed up the whole of the affiliate and operations side of things. We had Tess and Kira. We took on two people um, part time to use as like assistants to Zoe to be able to help the affiliates. We had Sandra, who is our in-house client support person to answer any questions. And Sam did a bit of the copywriting, my husband, Sam, as well. And then there was me who was like launch lead. So they were the people that were involved. We then sat down when we said, right, okay, we're going to do this launch. We had to write down our objectives for the launch. So me and Zoe sat there and said, right, why are we even doing it? Like, what's the financial objective? Now, as I told you, in the October, we'd made uh, just over $2 million. And so we said, well, would it be a good headline to be able to say that with one program, one to many, in one program in a pandemic during eight months, we made $4 million. (laughs) I just thought it sounded like a good headline that might be used for PR and things like that. So in my head, my financial objective was that, 4 million in eight months, which meant I needed to do another $2 million um, to make it work or there and thereabouts. So that was the financial objective. The learning objective, we wanted to see, I always like to learn things. I always like to experiment with things. We wanted to see if we could have a successful affiliate program with no huge names because I'd seen the same people, like the same 10 to 20 people being affiliates for each other for the last five years. And it just goes around in circles. And I was like, what if we didn't use those kind of people and we just used people that had done our program and that liked it and that liked us um, and didn't use the huge names with, you know, 100,000 in their audience, but we used people with 200 people in their audience. Could it work? No one had done that before. Everyone had done these big, big named affiliate launches. And, and in the UK, especially, no one had really done an affiliate launch properly before. So for, I like to be first. <laughs> I like to be the one that experiments with it. Even if it goes wrong, at least I'll have learned something that I can pass on to others. So thought that's what we would do. The other thing was having a value objective. I wanted to see if we could maintain like our company's values of integrity, transparency, authenticity, all of the things that I love about what we do, even using affiliates, because obviously you're using different people to sell for you. So I was worried that could that still happen? Could you still maintain those integrity values if you have all these other people in the mix? So that was something I wanted to test. And I also wanted some exposure. So one of our other objectives was get more people to know who I am, because even though I'd done really well in business at this point, no one knew who I was. I still think no one really knows who I am. I'm quite um, hidden because I don't do the let's hang out with all the multi-seven, eight-figure business people, because quite frankly, I'm just not interested in that kind of world of just being with people for the sake of being with people so that you become visible on Instagram. And because I haven't done that, I haven't played the game that, that you're supposed to play, I'm not as known as other people in my industry for what I do. So by doing an affiliate, I thought it would really help me be recognized a bit more globally as the resource for creating passive income, because that's what I do. And that's what I do really well. So they were our objectives. So then we said, okay, well, the next thing we need to think about is our financial goals. So we'd had this 1.7 million launch in October, 2020 with our first affiliate launch. And we had spent 14,000 pounds on ad spend for that launch. 
So we kind of thought to ourselves, okay, well, we want to beat that number. We only ever in competition with ourselves and our conversion rates. We never really look at what other people are doing. So we were like, we want to beat that spend with less ad spend, but more, more money, like more revenue. So I never like to give myself one goal because let's say if I gave myself two million pounds, if I didn't hit it, I'd be all sad at myself and disappointed with myself. And then if I did hit it, I'd stop and go, well, I've done it now, so I don't need to do any better than that. So I always give myself good, better, best. So there's a few things in there to keep me going. So our good was 2 million. Our better was 2.3 million pounds. And our best was 2.5 million. So that's what we wrote down. And um, as soon as we wrote it down, we said, well, we're not, we won't be able to achieve that right now. This was six months before. So this was like in January. We said, that's not going to work right now. So what do we need to do to make that work, to hit those goals? And we said, well, the two things we need to do, we need to increase our audience and we need to increase our number of affiliates so that we have more affiliates that can help us who are the right affiliates. And so that's what we decided to work on. So step one for this whole process was audience growth. So in October, we had 13,000 people on our email list following that launch that we'd just done, which is a big number. We'd gone from like 4,000 to 13,000 really quickly. So we thought, well, okay, we'll continue our list building strategy that we were doing. But we knew deep down that the audience numbers would come from the affiliates because the leads that the affiliates would send us would grow our list during the launch. So we knew that. So we weren't too worried about getting more audience. We thought we might get about 5,000 more judging on what we'd done before. But also we thought, well, how can we help this process to get more audience in ourselves? And so we decided to do a six months, like let's get Lisa more exposure on platforms. So I did like 10 podcasts a week, appeared on people's podcasts. I did loads of PR pitching. I got a new website with new branding to raise my profile. So anything that would like do that, I did. Um, and it helped, actually. We did get new audiences from the things that I was doing. And then step two was, right, let's choose the affiliate. So we widened our net a little bit for the launch. So it, the launch before, you had to have been a, a prior student of one to many or have a massive list. On this one, we were like, we, we're going to scrap that. We will widen it a bit. They have to have either been a student of one to many or they really know our values well. Like we've worked with people in some way. They can't be someone we don't know. We invited most previous affiliates back, although there were some that didn't act in integrity during the launch. So they were a definite no. Um, some new affiliates that we had, one in particular ended up, she'd never been an affiliate before for anyone. She ended up being the most successful that we'd ever had way beating way way more than um uh, somebody that we'd had the year before with over a hundred thousand on their list so that was crazy we didn't realize that that would happen so we had numbers wise 220 people applied to be an affiliate we accepted 120 of them and out of the 120 we accepted 89 made sales for us in the launch those that we didn't accept we with a few of them, we thought they they wouldn't be necessarily good as an affiliate. Maybe their audiences were really too small or they didn't have an audience at all or they didn't know our product enough. We asked if they would like to be an ambassador for the program. So they came into the group and like helped people during the challenge, like helped just like gave 
cheerleading kind of advice, really. And we paid them in Amazon vouchers to do it so that they were still involved. So our criteria for saying yes to affiliates was audience size or engagement, if they'd done one to many before, if they'd launched something before. Um, we rejected them if on the application form they said, oh, I want to be an affiliate because I just want to learn from Lisa. Like that isn't the point of being an affiliate. And we do do a lot of training for our affiliates. So we didn't want it to just be a free training for them. Um, so we rejected those. And we personally invited about 10 to 15 people that we knew we wanted to come in based on audience crossover, just knowing that their audience would do well if they did one to many, which was all, one to many is all about passive income. So if those people didn't teach passive income, but they had the right audience, we invited them. So step three then was motivation. So we wanted to make sure all our affiliates were really motivated to go out there and sell one to many. We already had some training that we'd done the time before um, because we wanted to train our affiliates. We wanted to give them something they could help with their own launches, not just our launch. So we bought in trainings to explain how things would work for things like, um, you know, how to launch to a small audience or how to do personal outreach or how to think of a good bonus if you're an affiliate. And we gave them free trainings and I taught them how to launch the way I launch so that they knew exactly what to expect. And we bought on additional resources to offer one-to-one -one consultations with our affiliate team to work out their motivation. Because some people who are an affiliate, their motivation is to get, I don't know, 10 sales and they've got their target number and that's what they want to get. But some people are competitive. So their motivation is to come first on a leaderboard and to beat everybody else there. And depending on what people's motivations are, you work with them in a different way. You cheerlead them in a different way. So we had Kira and Tess having these conversations with them to see what their motivations were so that they could keep them on track throughout the launch, um, which worked really well. Step four was about ethos. So we learned from the last affiliate launch that we ran and affiliate launches that I've been part of for the last four years we dissected those launches to see what worked and what didn't and what would work for us. And we decided that like keeping in integrity and transparency were the key things for us throughout the process. So we decided to hide nothing from our affiliates. If something had gone wrong, we told them. If something wasn't working, we told them. If they were doing something wrong, we told them. We were really strong on boundaries to maintain the goodwill with the affiliates. So if any of them had bad behavior or like were poaching from each other or, you know, emailing everybody to say, come with my bonus, we told them very quickly, that's not going to be tolerated and you will be thrown out. And so we kept our integrity ethos throughout. And we also asked the affiliates to make sure that if people were saying to them, oh, you know, I can't really afford it or I want to put it on a credit card, we told them that they had to say no unfortunately, we don't want you to get into debt during this, save up for it and do it on the next one. So they maintained our boundaries that we would normally have with clients to not just take on anyone for the sake of it, you know, to turn people away if it was not the right thing for them right now and they would get into debt or to tell them to go and work with somebody else that we thought, actually, this person would be a better fit for you right now. And all our affiliates did that. It was so good to see affiliates turning people away and turning money away because that showed that our integrity ethos was going right through, like that ripple effect. So the next step was the challenge, 
We had a two-week period to sign up for the challenge. It was called Race to Recurring Revenue. And there was a leads contest in the two weeks for the affiliates. So the top prize was £500 if they sent us leads to our challenge. And there were spot prizes along the way. We did like the most creative post, all of these different things. So the the number of people that signed up to the challenge was 9,768 people. Where did those leads come from? 62% came from affiliates. They sent them to us. 31% came from me posting, just my organic reach, and 7% came from Facebook ads. So, yeah. And and actually, when you look at the sales, that was just the leads. If you look at where the sales came from at the end, very similar. So leads do translate. The percentages of where you get leads coming from translates into where the sales will generally come from. So during the challenge itself, We had over 9,000 who signed up, like I just said, but only 8,000 people came into the group. Still quite good. We had about 1.5 thousand live watching me do the challenge for 10, 15 minutes every day. We had 4,000 actively doing it, like participating in the challenge. And that's a lot of people for a Facebook group. So I was really glad we had a community manager and these ambassadors because there's no way I would have been able to handle 4,000 people asking questions in a challenge. We were really strict with rule breaking. Like If people started trying to just sell in the group and that kind of thing, we would just kick them out really quickly. Um, We didn't muck about with it because with 4,000 people in there, you want to make sure that it's a really nurturing group. Um, During the challenge, we talked about one to many from the beginning. We didn't hide it. We didn't just suddenly go, you know, oh, now we're going to sell you this thing. We like right from the beginning of the challenge said we're doing the challenge because we're selling one to many. And we talked about it. We talked about integrity right from the welcome party that we had for the challenge onwards. Talked about how we wouldn't we wouldn't allow people in if they were going to get into debt. So to take as much free advice as they could from the challenge and not buy. We handled objections in the challenge. So people that thought they couldn't make passive income, for instance, or their knowledge was too common, we would talk about those things in there. And we had um, to foster like a sense of community. We had community champions. So people that were really helping each other, we rewarded them with prizes. And that worked really well. Then we did a masterclass. So this challenge was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we gave people Friday, Saturday and Sunday to catch up on the challenge. So if people came in on the Friday, they could still do it. Um, or even on the Saturday, Sunday, as long as they had done all of their entries by Monday, they could still be included for a prize. And we did a masterclass on the Monday night. We had a lot of signups for the masterclass, more than we expected to have. We had 7,183 sign up for the masterclass, which gave us an issue because the Zoom license that we had only allowed us to have 3,000 people on. And we looked at it and went, well, normally we get about a third of people turn up who sign up for a masterclass. And we had just over 7,000. So we're like, I think we'll be all right. But what if we're not? And we start this Zoom and people can't get in. We decided to risk it. And we had 2,600 people turn up. So it worked out well. While on the masterclass itself, while I was teaching that masterclass and talking about the 
one-to-many program, which I did in the last 10 minutes of the masterclass, we made £750,000 while I was on. It was really exciting because I was doing it here in this office and Zoe had come over to stay the night and Marie was here, my sister, um, and Sam, my husband. So for the first time, we had like the team here, not just me, while I was doing this masterclass. And it was really nice because they were able to come in with little pieces of paper saying, you've already hit this figure while I was actually doing the masterclass. So it was really nice to celebrate with them. So learnings that we had for this was no matter how many people register, less will turn up. Whatever you do, less will turn up. So don't get like a thousand people in and think you're going to get a thousand people on anything because it won't happen. And keeping repetitive communication across all channels was key to catching every potential attendee. There were some people right on the last day of the masterclass that hadn't heard the masterclass was happening. And I'd been talking about it three times a day everywhere, but it just really showed that you have to email, you have to social media, you have to do everything that you can possibly do to get people to realize it's on. So what were the costs? Well, we charged 1,997. We allowed people to pay either over six months of 367 or over 12 months, which I'm not sure we'd do again, but we thought, you know, during a pandemic, people couldn't, you know, they needed this affordability. So we said, even though that the actual course is six months, they could pay over 12 months at 197. We maybe won't do that again. It was a calculated risk, but we have had 38 people so far to stop paying, um, who are on, all of them were on the 12 monthly ones. So that obviously takes time for us to then, we've got a whole person now that chases money and does small claims court and all of those kind of things, legal stuff. And that's taken a lot of their time up. Um, so I'm not sure whether we would do 12 monthly again because of that. What else did we do? So the next step was launch emails. So all we did for the launch emails this time is we took our emails from the last time and we tweaked them. We made them more relevant. We sent an email every single day from the masterclass to cart close, which was seven days. And on the last day, we sent three emails. We also had to write, because when you're doing an affiliate launch, you're not just writing your own emails for your launch. You're writing all the emails for your affiliates to send to their audiences as well. We did that two months earlier. I sat there one weekend and wrote 105 emails and sent them to all our affiliate partners so they had a swipe file of everything that they could write. And what I didn't want is for my affiliates to send emails out that all sounded exactly the same because it annoys me when I get that in my inbox. So we kind of gave them a template and then said, you could add something here about when you made passive income or you know those kind of things. And we scheduled everything in to go to them. And we also had to write emails reminding our affiliates to send their emails each day. Like today's day three, you can send email three. So there was a lot of pre-scheduling that we had to do, but it was the best decision we made because we did everything so far in advance. By the time the actual launch came, me and Zoe were like going, what have we forgotten to do? This is so easy. We weren't doing anything in the day. We were just waiting for questions and things, and we'd never been like that before. So for me, it's all about doing things in advance. And learnings from this is there can never be too many emails. Every single time we sent an email, yes, we had people unsubscribe, who cares? But we also had people buy every single email. Um, And it was definitely a combination of affiliates and our communication that got leads over the line. So you need both. 
unsubscribes honestly don't matter. Since October 2020, we've had 9,000 people unsubscribe from our list. And we're always happy about it because you pay for each of those people to be on your list. If they're not going to buy, why are they there anyway? A little bit about ads. So ad accounts, we always have problems with ads. Our ad account was limited for spend the week before the challenge started. We wanted to spend about £15,000 on ads, but it let us spend something ridiculous, like a couple of hundred pounds a day. So then we had to figure out a way to deal with that. So we went back to an old ad account we had, which has had loads of red flags on it and refusals. It usually blocks us from doing everything. But this time it worked for us. So ads did made up, make like a chunk of sales, but we can't really know how many because it's such a complex web. They definitely increased our presence and pushed people into the masterclass and our funnel. But we don't know when we looked at the names of people that had bought, they were already in our audience anyway. So how many people bought? We had 1,181 people buy the program. So if you think of it like a funnel from the top to the bottom, I always like to think of it as a funnel. Challenge signups at the beginning, 9,768. 8,000 people go into the pop-up group. Just over 7,000 people register for the masterclass from those people. 4,000 people actually do the challenge. 2,600 people attend the masterclass. And 1,181 purchase. So you can see how the more you have at the top, the more purchases you're going to get at the bottom. So we had a 45% conversion of the masterclass, which is pretty cool. Um, value of each lead, we had a 12% conversion, which again is really high. So we were really pleased with that. And on the sales breakdown, if you look at how many people bought and where they came from, just like with the leads, 62% came from affiliates, 34% of people that bought came organically through me, and 4% came from Facebook ads. And most people paid over 12 months. A tiny few paid over six months, and then a lot of people paid over just like in one go, which was good. So how much did it cost us to do this? Because it's all right saying, you know, we made £2.5 million, but we had to pay out quite a lot of that money for things like affiliates. So we had some prizes for the affiliates, because I think it's really important to reward affiliates so that they get competitive. So any affiliate that made, well, first of all, Every single affiliate, for every amount they made, we gave them £600, which is 50% of the profit after we'd paid for certain things like that and the funnel. We got £600 each. So we got £600 in the company and we gave the affiliate £600. So as well as the £600, we then gave them prizes. So everybody that made three sales, we gave them access to one to many. So they were able to do the course for free. If they hit 11 sales, they got a £1,000 extra bonus on top of their £600 per sale. If they got 17 sales, they got a one-to-one with Zoe, which everyone wants. And if they got 20 sales, they got another £1,000 bonus. The top five also got a trip to Barcelona in a private jet. And as well as the top five getting that, each one of those top five got a different prize. So the first person got to go into my mastermind. The second got a VIP day. The one that made the third amount of sales got a, a, a weekend in my retreat house. 
the fourth got a branding shoot and the fifth got restaurant vouchers. So there was all these different prizes. And we only had prizes going up to 20 sales because we didn't realize that people would get more than 20 sales. So we thought, we'll get them to 20. But what happened in the first 48 hours is people got 30 sales. So then we were like, we need to add something because otherwise people will stop at 20 sales and there's nothing apart from like the mastermind and the, the big prizes to get them to go any further. So we added in a spa trip with me for anyone that got over 30 sales. So then we had this, a lot of prizes. We could, we could have added a 40 and a 50 because we didn't realize how many people would get to that level. Um, so they were the prizes. So the costs of all these prizes, let's add this up. So money that went to affiliates and we gave affiliates, even if let's say uh, somebody bought in, someone sent someone to the challenge and they weren't already in my list, even if that person booked through me rather than the person that bought them to the challenge, we gave the person the money the 600 pound, even if they didn't want their bonuses, because they bought them into the challenge. You know, we wouldn't have known them. If they bought them into the challenge, but they wanted someone else's bonuses and booked through them, there was nothing we could do. But if they booked through me, we could, I could half the money. So that's what we did. So to the affiliates, including bonuses, we paid out 672,000, just over actually, 600, nearly 673,000. For the prizes that we gave, we paid £35,000. For the ambassadors, it was £200. The ad spend ended up at £19,000. The people we brought on to help us, like freelancers, assistants for community managers, all those different staff, was £28,000. And so the profit, for what's in our pocket from the 2.5 million launch was 1.8 million which is still not bad. I think that's pretty decent from a 2.5 million launch, 1.8 million. So what would we do differently in this launch? Um, and we are doing another launch in March. We would have even stronger boundaries with the affiliates in the main challenge group. Um, there was definitely a little bit of not poaching, but misbehavior <laughs> going on that don't align with our values, our integrity values. Um, so we would have more boundaries there. Um, we wouldn't launch in June again because the course ran over the summer holidays. So it affected people's progress. And I really want people to do the best they can in my courses. And I think it, it affected how quickly they'll get there. I think there'll be a two month gap of normally people make money in my courses within eight months. And I think it will be a year this time. We did loads of interviews with people during the launch. People had told us we don't want to hear just from the people making big money. We want to hear from people that haven't made money and that have just, you know, it's helped their business in other ways. So we did that, but no one watched them. People only watched the interviews of the people that had made lots of money. So we wouldn't do them again. We would send more emails. We would do a higher number of prizes. We wouldn't stop at 30 anymore. The top five all got over 40 people. So we would do more prizes. We would encourage more involvement with the affiliate team so that each person gets more support from us with strategy calls. And we won't allow anyone in this time that came in late. So we had a few people who were affiliates that weren't in the group right from the beginning. So they didn't listen to all the rules and they didn't understand, even though we gave them like a massive book on a, like an affiliate guideline, if you like. 
uh, people came in, a couple of people came in right at the end and said, just give me the link and I'll sell it. But because they didn't know the rules, they thought if they just bring people into the challenge, no matter who that person then buys from, me or other people, other because they wanted a particular person's bonus, they would still make the money, which had never been the case. But because of that, they were kind of annoyed that they'd bought all these people in, but because they didn't have a bonus or anything, no one bought from them. They went and bought from other people who had good bonuses. And they were like, I thought I'd get the £600 anyway, which we obviously can't do. We have to give it to the person they buy from. Um, So to stop that happening, we will now no longer let people in unless they've been through all the training. So they know all the rules. So I hope that helps. I just thought I'd give you a bit of a rundown of what happened during that launch because transparency is everything in launches. And I learn more every time I do a launch because I change things every time I do it. And hopefully just seeing those numbers and how much things actually cost will make you realize it's not all revenue. There is a lot that you're spending out, but you're still making a lot of money if you're doing a big affiliate launch. Affiliate launches are my new favorite thing to do. Used to be challenge launches and now it's affiliate launches because when we didn't do affiliate launches, we went from doing around 350,000 during a launch in my second year of business to in my third year of business doing a 1.7 million just using affiliates and in my fourth year of business doing a 2.5 million launch just using affiliates and tweaking things. So I think it's a brilliant thing to do. Um, especially if you do it with integrity and you do it the right way, it can really, if you're on a plateau, it can really boost your business. Um, We now have a beta course that we're running right now. We're on module two of how to do affiliate launches because it's, you know, it's so important to teach people what you've learned. Um, And we'll see how that beta goes. We've got some brilliant people and I want to see if they like triple their revenue by using the way we launch, which is a bit different to how other people do with affiliates. So yeah, hopefully that was interesting anyway. And if you do have questions or anything, you can always come into the Fabulous 5%, which is my free Facebook group, um, and ask me in there. I'm in there all the time, every day. Um, So you can come and ask me. And um, hopefully you can tell me about your own affiliate launches and what you've been doing. So I will leave it there. But thanks for listening. And I will be back next week with another podcast. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.